Welcome back, everyone, to Point of Sale, the retail supply chain show where we break down great retailers and the data and technology that, of course, move their supply chains. Now, before we get into our show today, which is going to be a lot of education, a lot of forecasting, a lot of uh, looking back at the last year with a guest that you should be familiar with. He's been on the show a couple of times. I figured why not look into wonderful industry events coming up that you and all retail fans out there can get excited to enjoy this summer. I mean, it's it's pretty much the summertime. Uh, Michigan are going from a nice uh, 90 degree weekend to a 30 degree, 30 degree week back and forth. And if you're experiencing the same, you're probably over it. But soon, soon, I'm sure it'll be a nice day pretty much every day, all week. And when that comes, why not start traveling? And we've got a couple of events here that I definitely think you should consider jumping into this summer. Now, the first one is, of course, our Future of Supply Chain show in Cleveland, Ohio. I am very excited for this. One, I will say, is because we get to do the radio show uh, from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So that is going to be really cool. And of course, thank you to JB Hunt 360 for putting on their party at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as well. Now, the best part about this, though, for all of our viewers and listeners of this show, is we've got some major retailers showing up for this uh, wonderful uh, conference here in Cleveland. Uh, first is Coca-Cola, which I've been a huge fan of not just Coca-Cola. If you guys have seen some of my other podcasts, uh, I am a Coca-Cola or Pepsi chick, but a uh, huge fan of actually their supply chain and the way they manage it all the way down to their uh, Kona services, which uh, maybe is something we'll talk about at the event as well. If you don't, if you've never heard of it, well, I'm going to pencil that in as an episode of the future, but they've made some incredible investments in their supply chain and a company that deals with so many different SKUs has acquired so many different companies over the last couple of years and has really pivoted to continue to be the most opinion stable uh drink brand out there uh i'm really excited to see rob uh join us for this event as well i got a chance to meet him at a conference last year and he was very excited to be a part of this so i'm very pumped to see uh what he has to say at the show we also will have l'oreal there and black rifle coffee to name a few other retailers uh, if you're a fan of this show, you remember a couple of weeks ago, we also had a wonderful helper of our e-commerce uh, merchants, Shopify, on the show. Well, uh, she will be back on uh, at this event, the Future Supply Chain in Cleveland. We'll have major tech groups like Shopify there to discuss how they're helping retailers, of course, manage not only their supply chains, but in times like this, when consumer spending is low, and we'll get into this actually here in a few, uh, it's time to look for new customers, whether that's marketing or improving your supply chain, becoming a, a best uh, and show shipper, or you know, being able to manage production from different sites near shore, uh, etc. Well, Shopify has a, a hand in that as well. Some really interesting case studies. I hope that she brings up during the show too. So uh, just to name a few really great topics that we'll be touching on as well, of course, is the market and future market, CPG, retail, food and beverage, package, uh, packaging and paper goods. We'll ask the question of why consumers are shifting down the market in CPG and food and beverage. We've uh, JP Hampstead put out a wonderful article talking about Walmart. We've discussed it, discussed it on this show too. How we're not only seeing uh, 
regular Walmart shoppers, right, uh, starting to purchase more of the private Walmart brands. But we're seeing luxury shoppers, uh, higher income shoppers coming to Walmart compared to their their normal grocery store routine. So uh, Trader Joe's, things of that nature, right? So why is that happening and how long will that shift last and how are retailers and uh, CPG companies pivoting in order to uh, meet that consumer where they are? We'll talk about clearly missed not just in this channel but if you're a fan of uh running on ice with mary o'connell trends in cold chain warehousing and of course where and how are we building our retail inventory i think that's something we'll talk about a little bit today but that's a huge challenge right we just saw the uh a wholesale inventory to sales ratio data come out and we still have a lot of inventory at our, our shelves so how are we figuring out what our consumers want, what they need, and where they're spending it so that we can be more cautious or possibly aggressive uh, in the next upcoming year. So make sure that you guys go check that out. Head to live.freightwaves.com and go ahead and get your tickets and hotel rooms for that wonderful event so you can see us all in person and uh, get back together with the Freightwaves family. Uh, As we go down to I'll give you one that's outside of Freightwaves. The NRF, the National Retail Federation Protect, so a couple weeks ago, we did a really cool episode. Uh, you guys can all check out these old episodes wherever you listen to podcasts or head to Freightwaves TV at tv.freightwaves.com. We did an episode on how retailers are actually investing too much into protecting their supply chain and stores that's actually affecting the consumer, right? So uh, I noticed the other day when I was at a Dollar General to get a candle, it was behind the um, a lock and key, which I thought was pretty odd. I've seen those type of items maybe have like a code on there to make sure no one steals it, beeps, makes a certain noise if it's taken out of the store. Uh, but even in that situation, I was like, yeah, I, I don't really need and I have the time to call a person over and, and have this unlocked, especially a running joke that usually there's only one person ever working in the Dollar General. So I didn't buy it. And nine, that's the type of uh, decision that a lot of purchasers and consumers are making. Uh, so we did uh, looked into a lot of NRF data and found that a lot of this action in particular that's really affecting the supply chain when it comes to theft is happening during uh, the warehouse to warehouse moves or from actual coming off of the boat, if we're looking at uh, bringing that in, importing it, uh, to its final destination or final warehouse. It's not actually happening as much in stores. So uh, if you're interested, you can go to nrf.org, their website, and they have an NRF Protect uh, uh, group, I'd say. It's not much of a convention and more of a big industry meeting from June 5th to the 7th in Grapevine, Texas. And it's to address the changing threats in retail, create new strategies in order to combat retail crime that they're seeing today. So that episode hits you in some type of way and and you're part of that supply chain, which is a huge point of it, right? Then make sure you go check out that event as well. But let's say you're saying, well, oh, listen, I want I want more data and I kind of want it today. Well, guess what? At the, uh, well, actually tomorrow. Wow, time flies. On April 20th, tomorrow at 2 p.m. is our monthly State of Freight webinar. And this one is presented by Uber Freight as well. It's a free event. You just have to go and register for that. You can find that on the front page of Freightways. Just scroll down right underneath the sonar information. You'll see that there. Uh, make sure you register for that, even if you can't make that time. Because in 24 hours, 
we will send you an on-demand link to watch it as well, which you can share with your training uh, programs, your managers, everyone else within your company so that they can all learn. But we'll have some wonderful insight from, well, of course, wonderful Craig Fuller, our Freightways founder and CEO, the Sultan of Sonar, head of freight marketing intelligence, Zach Strickland, and then Adam Josephson, our senior vertical expert as well. We'll talk about ways to prepare for upcoming market changes, give you an advanced look into expectations for the remainder of Q2, some actual insights to drive your efficiencies, reduce costs, and of course, mitigate risk, and then some opportunities at the end for you to ask questions. And those will be answered live by our experts as well. So uh, we've got a lot of great content coming for you this summer. I just wanted to make sure you got those all in your calendar. And again, make sure you register for tomorrow's State of Webinar uh, presented by the wonderful Freight. Now, let's get into it today. Like I said, you're going to recognize this guest because he's been on the show before. I want to bring to you the Chief Revenue Officer of C3 Solutions, Greg Braun. Greg, thank you so much for joining me again today. Well, thanks for having me, Grace. It's great to be here. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very excited because your company has been very busy, I'd say, really educating uh, not only your customers and, and consumers alike. Uh, you put out a wonderful uh, white paper recently on the Retail Reset and had a webinar focusing on gaining maximum ROI in an economic downturn. So I figured we could review a lot of these topics today and, and bring that education to our audience as well. And I want to focus first on the market research that you did. This was a really great outlook, especially thinking back to the episodes that we've done together, uh, really a review of a lot of what we talked about in the past and interesting insight on the future. What was the main focus for you in the market research report on retail reset? And what were you hoping to discover uh, more for your, your customers as well? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, essentially, you know, the, the, the key focus of, of the report was that, you know, since around 2019, there's been a, you know, rather profound change in, you know, the shift from brick and mortar stores to e-commerce. Now, now obviously, that, that process had started, you know, much earlier than in 2019, but most companies were gradually increasing their, you know, their e-commerce sales, and then COVID hit. So, you know, with COVID, you know, we retailers really had a, that had been slow to kind of embrace an omni-channel strategy were really put into a reactive mode. And there was a massive investment to kind of link e-commerce platforms to their physical stores and to the rest of the supply chain. So those those are some of the things that we discuss. Uh, you know, the report also, you know, looks at the supply chain disruptions and how they initiated a, a departure from, say, a just-in-time inventory strategy to more of a just-in-pace approach. And, you know, that, that thing, that, that kind of a, and outlook kind of ultimately led to the situation where, you know, with this kind of a softening economy um, in, in the post-COVID era, we resulted in, in kind of some excess inventories. And if you fast forward to 2023, where we have a much softer economy, those excess uh, inventories have, have really provided a, an opportunity for second market discount stores. So we also look at how, you know, value, value retailers and dollar stores I know you were mentioning it earlier, Grace, how, you know, they've see, really seen a real increase in business uh, due to companies that are just unloading excess inventory and, and consumers being much more cost conscious. So so those are the really uh, the more important kind of themes that uh, that we kind of discuss in the paper. Well, let's talk about those challenges in particular and, and what noticeable differences did you see between challenges that retailers were facing 
in 2022, and even maybe it trickled in from 2021, uh, in the in, in the outlook for the rest of 23, how have those challenges changed, or maybe have stayed the same? And what are the the main focuses focus uh, for retailers today? Well, some of the focuses, I mean, some of the challenges they're up against today is, I mean, as you as you again you had, you'd mentioned earlier, there's there's been a softening of the economy and and uh, inflation is a, is really a a big concern that's out there. So you know, essentially, you know, some of the, the you know the trends or or what have you is that that retailers are very concerned right now in terms of how can they take those uh, you know very increased costs and how can they kind of uh, convey those over to, to consumers without you know causing further disruption in in the economy and so forth. So so they're so retailers are very concerned with automation. How can they you know essentially get more out of uh, you know existing uh, their existing labor forces and and also given the fact that there still is a labor shortage out there, you know so so those are some of the the big trends. I mean obviously omnichannel is still a trend that's that's being you know that companies are still um, you know dealing with. I mean if we talk to our when I look at our customers out there, it's almost all of them. See, still see uh, Amazon as their biggest competitor. So, you know, those are some of the, the again, some of the, the key trends that are out there. I love that you brought up labor. I believe it was Mark Sullivan who wrote an interesting article on, uh, especially warehouse labor over the last so many years and uh, how competitive that space has become, just like pretty much every other uh, labor work within our industry as well. And just the uh, the increase and in, and in wages and and making sure it's less of what warehousing job would have been clearly in before two thousands into almost more of like this uh, work life balance structure that we see even in warehousing today. Uh, I'm interested. Can you dive a little bit deeper into how retailers are, especially if they're having to pay more for labor, right? And you're talking about bringing costs down. How are they making investments in their warehouse, whether it's automation, technology, et cetera, or even their employees to bring those costs down over time? So yeah, that's not pushed over to the consumer as well. Well, I mean, what we're seeing is um, there's been a lot of investment in, in you know, if you lend, again, you look at COVID, some of the, the, the effects of COVID, we had the massive disruptions in supply chain. So, so what we're seeing is companies are investing in so they're looking at in investing in improving their supply chains. Uh, in our report as well, uh, I believe there was a Deloitte, uh, you know, we quoted a, a Deloitte study that said, you know, eight out of 10 senior executives um, were looking in the next year, we're looking at either making moderate or massive uh, improvements to their supply chains. Um, so so I think one of the the outcomes of the pandemic was that companies realized that they have to be, have a much more nimble supply chain. Um, you know, and ultimately, you know, they again, as I mentioned, we need to, they need to look at how they can further automate automate um, you know their operations. And you know, regarding the supply chain, we just don't know what the next major issue is going to be. So retailers really need to be able to to adjust quickly uh, and 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 have the supply chains that are systems that are going to support that. So so that's again what you know we discussed in the paper as well as what we're seeing out there uh, on a day to day basis. I'm interested, you brought up the consumer as well. I'm interested from your point of view, how do you see the consumer's behavior 
maybe changing or even the consumer's pockets. Like, oh, when you're talking to your customers, are they seeing more consumer spending near the end of the year? They see it already. What, where's the consumer right now in your eyes? And how is that concerning the overall retailer today? Well, I mean, I can't say directly for in terms of what you know we're hearing about consumers, but what I can tell you though is that all of our customers that are in that value or the discount or the, the, the you know the value retailers, they're seeing a huge increase in business. Um, there's no doubt about that. So what that tells me is consumers are being much more cost conscious. Um, is they're being much more um, you know. They're, they're scrutinizing purchases much more. You know, you mentioned earlier how you know Walmart, I think, came out with statistics recently saying how the average income of their their typical customers is going up. So, so that's what we're seeing. Also, um, I was recently talking to some, you know, uh, customers or potential customers in the value space, and they they are so busy right now. So. And you know, again, that was some of the things we touched on in that report. All those that secondary secondary inventory out there. These guys are seeing that as a massive opportunity. And and so, so what you're uh, you know you're seeing is a lot of people that maybe didn't used to shop at a TJX. Now they're that's where they're uh, TJ Maxx, I should say. That's you know those that they're shopping there now, as well as Walmart and a lot of those those other um, retailers. So I guess the message that we're giving to our our non-value retailers is we're saying, hey, we're there to help you eliminate any extra costs on your business because as much as you're maybe not going to change your entire business plan, you still need to be able to to provide as low cost products as you can. And, and the way you do that is by, you know, obviously taking costs out of the system. So, and that's where companies like C3 are able to help. Awesome. When you're speaking with them as well, do you feel like uh, consumers are still just as interested in the online purchases, even down to last mile delivery uh, capabilities, are they just going straight to sort stores to, to save costs or are they still interested in these more convenient ways to shop that exploded right right after uh, the pandemic hit? Well, I mean, that's what our research shown is that that, you know, that um, that demand is 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 continuing. Um, you know, we saw that the general trend of, of uh, e-commerce uh, over the pandemic had increased across the board by as much as 5%, um, you know, which with those kind of uh, changes is, is quite substantial. So, so yeah, I mean, all, uh, all indications would show that, um, you know, the current, uh, you know, the current kind of buying patterns of consumers is, is continuing. And, you know, there's no reason to, to, to think that that's going to change. I like that. I think it's kind of like you're saying as well, like we still, as a consumer, we understand that maybe our uh, purchasing power has fallen, but you know, we still are invested in some of these these technologies that are coming from retailers as well in, in that regard. So it's interesting from your from your work that you're seeing that they're at least trying to bring the cost down of, of that automation and, and of that is changing customer behavior in order f- to make that continue to have that be an attractive way of, of purchasing as well. And, and I'm interested in this webinar that you had in gaining the maximum ROI and economic downturns. Can you tell us a, a few of the major points that you took from that? Because I think, you know, what's interesting is I think sometimes these times happen and people kind of pull back a little their pockets and, and 
rethink maybe some of the investments that they made. But also, when you research other recessions and uh, situations, you find that the people or the companies, retailers in particular, that come out the other end of it as giants made the most investment during the hard time. So what did you find in that webinar? Can you tell us a few points that you're able to pull from that uh, that discussion? Yeah, well, I mean, it was actually a really good uh, discussion that we had. We actually had two different retailers on that webinar. Uh, one was from CNS Wholesale Grocers in, in uh, the New England area. The other was Rooms to Go uh, in Central Florida. And, you know, they were both, and, and part of the objective of the webinar was to talk about kind of neglected areas of the supply chain, which which we believe are like, say, for example, yard management and dark scheduling. So, and, and these are areas where um, they've not had a lot of attention put towards them in terms of investment. And the whole purpose of our webinar was just to put a little bit of a a focus on that to show show people that hey, there is a, there is a substantial return on investment to be had here, and it was really quite interesting. I mean, both of the participants, um, you know, were just talking about hey, they could not imagine going back to life without a, an automated system, and and you know, when we're talking about say, for example, yard management. Um, Usually, we're you know as a as a provider in that area, um, it's it's extremely rare that we're going to show up and replace an existing system. What we will do though is we'll be replacing very manual processes, and and you know we're talking about um, you know, yards where there could be up to you know several hundred trailers uh, that have inventory in them and so forth, and there's really no system that manages any of this. So that was one of the things we wanted to emphasize that hey. This is, you know, there's a very, you know, uh, interest or very kind of a, a substantial turnout investment out there, and and it's something that's very doable. Um, and then some of the other comments we had from the participants is like, for example, in the area of, of dot scheduling. Again, it's nece- not necessarily seen as as an area that's going to provide a lot of return, but uh, you know, the gentleman from Rooms to Go was talking about how they're. Uh, when they implemented that system, they were able to actually um, reduce a lot of other manual processes, which had again kind of historically been attached to to that you know that process. So uh, they just they, they improved uh, you know they, they took out tens of hours of manual uh, labor per day out of out of uh, you know previous tasks, which they just took for granted that there was uh, you know there wasn't really a, a system to kind of manage that. So. So yeah, it was really it was really insightful to find that uh, you know these are two top retailers and and how they were able to to take this and and really look at it as kind of a low hanging fruit. I mean, these are not areas where I think again historically people don't see that that there is a massive return there. And 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 I think both of these gentlemen in this case uh, confirmed that there is a a substantial uh, return on investment to be had in an area. And and again, it has a ripple effect. Uh, throughout the operation as well. When you improve uh, an area as fundamental as, say, managing your yard, that's going to also translate into providing more productivity in the warehouse, uh, getting you know advanced visibility is, is going to just uh, reduce product lead times. There's all kinds of other areas uh, that are going to be affected by this. So yeah, it was a very, uh, very interesting uh, webinar. Yeah. And again, one thing I love about especially investing in like your yard management, just that area of or transaction, right, within a supply chain is 
there's so many different parties that will uh, find that advantageous. Not only, of course, you yourself, the warehouse and your workers, which you're now going to retain better, which is a huge cost to have to continue to recruit as you need to. But you also have the carriers, right? And right now we're in a market where carriers don't really have a lot of choices, but this industry is, boys, it's cyclical and that will flip. And the people that have made those investments, the carriers will remember that right in the future. Oh yeah. You know what? I had a very interesting conversation uh, with a manufacturer the other day. And it was interesting because I know Grace, you and I have had these conversations a few times about being a shipper of choice and so forth. And and I guess sometimes in our world, we may think that they're kind of cliches and what have you, but I literally, these guys were talking to me and they, and they literally told me, look, we need to be more of a shipper of choice because we believe we could actually be losing sales from the fact that um, our, our, our appointment, our receiving process is so antiquated that um, our customers don't want, you know, they've been told by their carriers we don't want you to buy from that company because it takes us too long to actually get a delivery there. So they're going to go to their competition to buy a product just because they know they're not going to have to fight with their carriers. So, you know, that was, that was amazing for me to hear that, that it's, it, get, it gets right down to that level. If you neglect um, your, your driver, uh, you know, just drive a wait time and so forth, it can come right down to lost sales. I mean, we always talk about gaining productivities and eliminating tension to diverge costs. But, you know, this is the first time I've heard someone say, look, we we actually think we're losing sales because yeah. um, we're not a shipper of choice, which, uh, you know, ultimately that is, that's what it's at. You know, and that's where it's at, I should say. Hey, I, the lesson's got me learned some way. So I, I appreciate that insight as well. And uh, Greg, thank you so much for joining me on this show. It's been an absolute pleasure. We'll have you on again soon. For everyone out there, Head to c3solutions.com to learn more about their company as well. And unfortunately, I'm out of time, but we'll be back here again, not next week, because while we're small fleet owner operator summit, but the week after, uh, we'll be back with you all until then. Keep on shopping. So we still have a show. 